0: Creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast.
1: Friday, October 28th, 2016, and it's the relevant podcast Halloween weekend. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Squarespace. You know how I like to celebrate Halloween? How's that? Building websites. (laughs) Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, professional blog, or an online store, which is how I... Every Halloween, I launch a new online store. It's all included with Squarespace. Building a site with Squarespace is easy. They have a simple, intuitive process and beautiful templates that you can arrange and uh, rearrange and add your own content. Whether you want to keep it pretty straightforward uh, or customize
0: everything, you can do it without a single plugin. It's awesome. Well, I mean, I know we talk about Squarespace a lot but my love for them will never fade. Like it is incredible how smart Squarespace <laughs> right. is. And I think I've said this before. super but easy to make little Halloween websites. You know, this is their number <laughs> one. Or Halloween. This is their big time of year for them is yeah. people making Halloween sites. <laughs> I would love to see their spike in server usage on Halloween. Halloween, just sites
2: dedicated to their favorite candies. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh. Which, by
2: the way, I want to thank the people on Twitter who affirmed my love of score bars. They knew what they were, and uh, we we we
3: blocked them from
0: downloading this episode. Yeah. I also feel like there was not quite the outcry for more candy talk that I was than I was expecting. So if anybody wants to start a Squarespace site, bringcandytalkback.com. Oh, yeah.
1: Or just you guys could take it online and do a Squarespace site and make it like a blog and just like have
0: a dialogue about candy. I'd like it to be more of a featured part of this show. Oh okay. I don't want to create a new audience. Right. I want to latch on to this audience. <laughs>
1: Squarespace makes adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a free custom domain with your order and they have awesome customer support. Start your free trial today at Squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. It's worth it. Squarespace.com. Well, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studio is Eddie Big Cat Koffeltz. And happy Halloween, guys. Over there on the ones and twos, my brother, our producer, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Portland, Oregon,
0: Joy Egrich-Reed. Boo! I can already feel people begging for more Candy Talk. Can't you tell? Something just changed.
1: Does in the anybody ether. own CandyTalk.com?
2: Cameron, I've actually turned into you. I bought like three domains this week.
1: Exactly. <laughs> wow. You come up with funny like
0: phrases and stuff and like, yeah, I need to, I need to lock that down. But you know what's kind of sad is I have old <laughs> domains that sometimes I just let expire because I'm like, that was a dream deferred. Oh, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> when they come up for renewal, it's a reminder of your your once ambitions yeah, that yeah. have now faded. Three years ago, I had an idea <laughs> for a podcast and I bought the domain. And I, yesterday I was like, Oh. I don't think I'm gonna ever start. CandyTalk.com <laughs> candy is taken. Oh no! Who owns CandyTalk.com? Oh. Yeah, it and how much do they want for it? More? It doesn't tell than you that. Yeah. Do a WHO search. It's so or, easy to or
1: do. Or we can just pull up CandyTalk.com. Oh, well, it's, you got to be careful. Uniregistry.com. It's available. They're just squatting on it, and and they oh. want you to make an offer. Oh.
3: Hey, K- Cameron, can I put my phone number in there and get a quote, please? <laughs> <laughs> or am I going to get a lot of weird spam text messages
1: I'm going to sign you up real quick to get a please do to get Please the do. because
3: my, here's my Cameron he, do you know what my hope is I want you to put only my phone number not my email because I want to talk to the person on the phone <laughs> that owns this I want to use my man to man or man to woman negotiation skills I feel like this would better be conducted This it would be more effective for me to talk to them on the phone than uh, over email I feel like I can get this on the cheap for us Cameron, put, if possible, put a little note in that form that says, does not accept text messages. So that uh, we can be guaranteed Jesse, this is a follow call. Jesse, you're going to get a call
1: from Ryan May. He's Ryan the domain May. broker oh. at uniregistry.com, And he's the one who represents I, Candy Talk.
3: But I want to play hardball with this guy, and my goal is to get it. I feel like that it's it's only worth to us about ten dollars, so that's my goal. I'd pitch in five, so we're up to fifteen.
1: Yeah, because they got to make some money above what they paid that twelve dollars they paid for it. Right. So okay,
3: so so let okay here's what I know about negotiation coming <laughs> into the deal. We have to know what the bottom line number is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that I can come in at like a third of that.
1: Yeah. Right. So, so I, our
3: so let's say let's say it's twenty five dollars. I'm in
1: for ten. Yeah. So you're five. <laughs> I'm, I'm in for 10, 10. ten. He's ten. So that's twenty five dollars. Oh, $30. Okay. $30. Yeah. So, so here's what, I'm when
3: Ryan calls me. I'm going to be like, Ryan, let's get to the chase here. The, we there's no time for chit chat. It's Halloween season. Candy talks for sale. We're already running late on this thing fifteen dollars I'm walking if you say no right <laughs> eventually I proved to be a reasonable person and double what I'm willing at 30. that's the strategy agreed agreed
0: thirty dollars candytalk.com we will build Go a squarespace site with it we will change the world and we will bring back the show that people are at this point blowing up Twitter for they're just clamoring for it. I'm
3: gonna tell I'm gonna tell Ryan Ryan, I just want to let you know before we get started in these negotiations, my thumb is hovering above the red hang up button right now. (laughs) I am prepared. I am prepared at any moment to press that button. Right, I'm about to hang up right now. They have to know that you're you're a walk in at any moment. Okay? <laughs> as soon as the transaction begins, just let them know. You know, I think I'm thinking about walking right now. I'm even, walking. I'm walking. Even sometimes
0: you tell them you tell them you can't hear them like just to prove that you've started walking. <laughs> I can't hear you. Yeah, it's bad, breaking up. Bad reception. Actually, probably got to go. It looks like I'm getting a call from another domain
1: broker. Speaking of bad reception, <laughs> that brings up something I wanted to address on today's show. Oh, I really would have liked you have not, I I, I have, have some things it.
3: that I need to read to you guys as well, Cameron, about this.
1: Yeah, so last week we brought on to the show uh, <laughs> our good friend <laughs> our hero <laughs> Tim Tebow <Yeah. laughs> and we told you that uh, our uh. editorial director Aaron Hanbury uh, has been saying since the day we hired him what good <laughs> childhood friends he and Mr. Tebow were yeah. And that it would be a joy of his to yeah. do an interview with his old friend Tim Tebow. Well, I thought it was endearing.
0: Here on, on I thought it was endearing because they recorded the they recorded the interview on their old tin can phones that they used when they were kids. What? <laughs> I- Nailed it. Next joke. Oh,
1: no. I, I, there's two things I'd like to bring up about last week's show. And if you didn't yeah. hear it, uh, there were some issues with the audio quality. Now, yeah. I'm not saying if you didn't hear it, go back and listen. It is an yeah. awful listening experience. It
0: is an awful listening experience, yeah. and I apologize to those of you who did. Um, I did what I could. I accept your apology, but it's still Tim Tebow, so I was okay with it.
1: But. The 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 <laughs> multitudes of you out there uh, contacted us this week and gave us your theories and conspiracy theories about why you think the audio quality was so bad. You're all Tennessee yes. Georgia fans,
0: believe me. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> on, uh, some of the tweets caught our eye. Now I want to give you know we we were hi- hypothesizing. Last week, that maybe Aaron and Tebow weren't as good of friends as they said they That's were. That's right. Oh, they definitely barely know. each other. And Jesse, <laughs> Jesse said, "Why don't we just listen to this podcast together and and listen to see if this sounds like two old friends catching up." Or if right. it sounds like, oh, you grew up in Jacksonville too, you know. It's
0: like when Jesse and I started on the podcast. Like I saw Jesse in person last week. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. how Jesse and I talk. Jesse, what have been some things you're interested in lately? <laughs> yeah. Jesse, tell me about your new right. book. Right.
1: So so we were all listening for that. And not only did we hear, you know, we didn't hear just, you know, the, the, the nuance of their conversation. Yeah. There's this whole audio issue yeah. thrown yeah. into the mix that you guys actually ran with and said, this is... Uh, Adding to the conspiracy theories.
0: Oh, yeah. That's right. Joy is on the other side of the country in what can only be generously described as some sort of home dungeon, and (laughs) we can hear her beautifully. Just fine. It yeah. makes no sense that Tim Tebow, probably the greatest baseball player that has ever lived, um, cannot be heard very, very clearly.
1: Peter Zip uh, uh, asked us on Twitter, uh, did Tebow do his side of the interview on a fast food drive through speaker?
0: <laughs>
3: Good Aaron, one. I, I, per, I per, uh,
1: like this one from at Darcy Darge.
3: Aaron's lie about knowing Tebow caught up with him. He had no choice but to do both voices and scramble the audio. <laughs> Love Genius. That.
1: Uh, Our our Rael James says, uh, I think the true sign of Aaron's friendship with Tebow was shown by the audio line Tim secured. That's how little he thought of of Aaron.
0: (laughs) I like the Uh, the doing both uh, voices theory. One
3: user said that he thinks... (laughs) <laughs> the devil corrupted Tim Tebow audio. It was just too much truth,
1: yeah. which that's uh, valid That's true. Too. Spiritual warfare that is that a real thing. <laughs> um, as as we know, one of Aaron's calling cards, one of his claims to fame is that he and Tebow, when they were small children, uh, took baths together. Yeah, Yoinks. And um, uh, Jackie <laughs> Anderson on Twitter said, so... Tebow uh, was in the bathtub during this week's interview. <laughs> garbly, garbly, glob globe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was the deal? I, I couldn't figure out, like, why did it sound? Because even if he had just I called wondering from I'm if iPhone. he was in a convertible. Oh, <laughs> yeah. going no. down the like the Audubon. So,
1: so we thought, okay, having now read all of these th- theories that y'all have, and there are many more, and we appreciate all of the attention the uh, interview segment got uh, uh, in Twitter this week on Twitter. Uh, we thought we should invite Aaron in to give us the scoop, the truth. Um, on, on, on his relationship with Tebow and why he thinks Tim thinks so little of
0: him that he would call in yeah. on a, an old-timey phone from the past. First question, Aaron, my long-standing friend. How yes. long have you worked at Relevant? <gasps>
4: uh, May, May 4th. 2015 year and a half it, it and so and half. what happened That's star wars day
0: so just can you cut through and get to the point where you tell us you actually don't know tebow
3: <laughs> yeah, okay let me say this real quick and and i this is something that aaron really has to answer for
0: yeah on
3: monday morning <laughs> monday morning aaron jumped on slack which is our inner office community the, the inner office communication we use a lot big, of people are familiar anyway of, he, sent me, he sent me he sent me a couple pictures from his childhood Okay, so uh-huh. it shows what is clearly a little boy, Aaron. And with him, this is true, is a gigantic boy, <laughs> Tim Tebow. Like, Tim Tebow is about the size, he's the size of a grown man, and Aaron is clearly a little boy. My conclusion is that him and his mother photoshopped him over the weekend so that he could supply 100%. them. 100 And they got the dimensions way off. Aaron, please answer for that.
4: See, see... The, the narrative is off there because those actually came in response to Jesse spreading these lies about <laughs> Tim and I actually not knowing each other uh, and I and I su- supplied
1: proof and there were multiple photos. I don't know. It uh, wasn't ho- just one. Hey on <laughs> PC. Say, hey on Twitter. PC Walker says yeah. I think the shaky audio of the interview just proves Jason doesn't know Tim Tebow <laughs> Jason. J- J- Jason doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, Tim that's Tebow. what he says. So, here, here's the thing.
4: If 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 we weren't old friends, uh-huh. he'd feel a lot of pressure to get like an NPR-style studio (laughs) and
3: really lay it out. But since we're old buddies just hanging out... He he could do it while on the back of a motorcycle. He was wearing his audio
4: sweatpants just chilling out and didn't think it was a big deal. He was like, it's just Aaron. I can just call from Uh, my Bluetooth. While I'm
3: on
1: my motorcycle.
3: Okay, Aaron. One other person, because we brought up... Because this is the more evidence that you've supplied... This anecdote is more evidence that you've supplied of just how good buddies you are. That at one time when you were toddlers or babies that you would bathe together (laughs) another
2: theory that's been
4: proposed on twitter uh, bathing together in terms of when you you say it like that little mischaracterizes then then why don't you
2: clarify it what was kiddie pool
4: anybody who's ever been around kids knows that playing in the bathtub and bathing together are not
0: necessarily the same thing you are really really splitting hairs here yeah i was gonna say this is your whole story's falling apart David from making a murderer keep going
3: but, but one one user theorized that the interview was so bad because you guys were bathing. We were in the bath again. Is that incorrect? <laughs> maybe, maybe his microphone fell underwater.
2: <laughs>
4: uh, I prefer not to comment on the, bath, okay. on the bath interview.
5: Okay.
1: Wow.
4: Um, well.
2: So I heard that you also received a wedding gift from Tim Tebow, um, a frame. Yes. And you didn't use it because you it. Dropped it? Is that correct?
4: No, we used it and then, and then trying to put up some blinds, I knocked mm-hmm. it over. Okay, okay interesting. Okay, well, what,
0: what did the frame look like? It was crystal.
1: Crystal? Ooh, wow. Jesse Theory that it
0: was like a, a $20 Target run. Did you text him after the interview to thank him for the interview? I did. What did he did reply? You. Always fun. He said,
1: "New phone, who dis?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I mean. laughs> Bel-
0: believe it or not, right, Jason, Jason quit texting yeah. me. <laughs> yeah.
3: air, air, what, what's your response to What's your response to people on Twitter yeah. who said if you were real friends, he would have called you on a landline? <laughs> How do you respond to those? I I, I don't,
4: I don't, I'm not old enough to respond to landline based phone conversations. Okay, here's
0: the, here's the question. Here's my, here's the, okay, let's say, because I've got a decision. I'm, okay, we all have to make a vote. Yeah. This is, yeah. Jesse,
4: have you circulated those photos?
0: No, maybe we can put them on the podcast. episode. Because
3: because here, here's the thing. Tebow is gigantic in that. (laughs) It it makes (laughs) no sense. The only thing that makes sense is that, Uh, You know, hastily, over the weekend, Aaron found some (laughs) boyhood pictures of Tebow and and photoshopped them, but the error was he didn't resize them for the new (laughs) setting, and that's why Tebow is larger than every other child in Aaron's old because they're
4: only op- six <laughs>
0: months apart. right? right. so he shouldn't be that much huger.
3: There's
4: than a reason now. one of us went with a uh, finger based career. <laughs>
3: just
1: and see, the
4: other went with Jesse. I haven't quarterbacking seen career. Yeah.
1: I haven't seen the picture you're talking about, but I am picturing something that, that uh, the relevant art guy uh, would have done where like there's a there's a <laughs> Interesting. Uh, a, a tub, there's little baby Aaron in it, and then there's like actual Tim
0: Tebow standing in the water. In a
3: Denver Broncos uniform. That's what's so weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you happen to have that on your computer rather, send it to us, because yeah. we'd love to see what you do with Aaron Hanbury. <laughs> Photos is easily available on Facebook. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, what's your conclusion? Do you think that Aaron and Tebow were friends? Absolutely not. They don't know each other. <laughs> like, there's, there's no chance. Aaron's like a sweet man, but yeah, I feel like
4: I'm getting no legitimate questions on I, this. I this will say, totally here's, can I can get my conclusion?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, my, my conclusion is not only are they not friends, but I think I think Tebow will soon be issuing a restraining order against this area. <laughs> yeah. I yeah.
2: feel yeah. like yeah. I could yeah. be convinced that they're friends if I could see a screenshot of their text messaging interaction mm, and mm, if Tim mm, uses emoticons.
1: He deleted 30,000 <laughs> text messages just last <laughs> week. So
4: funny thing, my um, server just crashed. Yeah. I don't have any of these messages anymore. You
2: yeah. know what? Have we ever Thought about
1: this, he is such a giver, you know. He's right. a selfless person, right? He, he builds orphanages, he gives to others. Maybe he has yeah. l- chosen a vow of pseudo poverty where he doesn't want to spend $800 on a new iPhone, he wants mm-hmm. to give that to the Philippine mm-hmm. orphans. Yes, so he actually only carries like a $20 burner phone, yeah, that, that, like the, a that the speaker's blown out on. And so all of his calls
0: sound that bad.
1: I mean,
2: he wants to be generous with a guy who's claiming to be his best friend from childhood. And so he's just going with it. for. Yeah, my station. question
0: is, what if any of us sent him a wedding invite? Do we just get a crystal frame? Yeah, because he's so generous.
2: He, he just true. got a garage full of crystal yeah, frames. Dear
0: friend, thanks so much for inviting me. Sorry I can't make it. And then crystal frame. <laughs> Everybody's got a crystal. So frame. like the kids who would like uh,
1: write to their heroes uh, and, and ask for an autograph. Right. And then eventually a signed yeah. autograph will come back. If you write to Tebow right. as a fan, right. he will reply
0: with a crystal frame. That's your theory. That's my theory. Certainly, I mean, I feel like that is still more yeah. plausible than gigantic baby and little man or whatever in a bathtub <laughs> and all of this craziness. But, Jesse, that I Jason, just and, I, Jesse, yeah, I, I
4: disagree. It. I think all of these <laughs> random stories just
1: validate it. Jesse, I I just received the photos you sent, and Let's I'm sit, gonna go. Uh, I see. see. I see clearly the 14 year old Tebow <laughs> with the six year old boys. <laughs> what I don't see is a child that looks anything like Aaron Hanbury. In, <laughs> in That's this. actually so, a really. So you're thinking?
3: Not only did you're so camera. Your theory is not only did Aaron haphazardly Photoshop a gigantic Tebow in pictures with little boys, but he didn't even do it with little boys that include him. No, it's just of 80s (laughs) boys. They're they're just just, just early 90s
1: boys. Then he found- This is just Sears catalog pictures with Tebow (laughs) Photoshopped them. He Googled early 90s boys and then uh, Tebow, and then he spliced it together and said, that's me. I looked different when I was a kid. all
4: All these theories are so plausible.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm looking yeah, at the yeah, picture. I'm a good at a job,
4: job really nailing this down.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the picture. There's no way. In to
3: one know. of the t- t- like in in one, one of them, there's evidence that Tim Tebow is 21 years old in the
1: picture, <laughs> right. and Aaron is a child. I mean, Tebow is clearly a freshman at Florida in that right. one right. where he's standing next to the 12 year olds. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: so true. He's even wearing
0: like a shirt that a
3: he's freshman He's wearing
1: a Gator Blue polo. He's I mean,
0: literally holding a newspaper his parents met from 2004. Up to the camera to prove <laughs> what year it is. <laughs>
4: Holding the newspaper—that's what he's doing.
0: That's what it it's more of a hostage
4: esque situation.
3: All right, camera. Do you see that one little kid that it presumably is in the same class as them? That is—he's no more than four years old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what we learned today, Aaron, we, we, next time use a Skype line. Yes, I think please. That's... No,
1: what I, we learned. I was on the Skype line. This was a major, yeah. was a major point of conversation. Big. What we learned, and I want to say this to the listeners, what we yeah. learned is what happened last week with uh, uh, Aaron's childhood friend will never happen again. <laughs> we have new audio quality control measures right. uh, that we have implemented uh,
0: to prevent last week's fiasco from happening. Mostly so. it's just buying Tim Tebow an iPhone.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Aaron, for clearing it up. I appreciate it. Go Gators. You were uh, you're
0: welcome for cleaning all that up. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, just uh, that guy. And next time you guys are hanging <laughs> out, solid. bring a little re- recorder with you and let's get a clean clean conversation. That's true.
0: Yeah. You, know,
4: you could like Snapchat so everybody can just see us.
0: And Rella Art, thanks in yeah. advance for what <laughs> you are going to yeah. do. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Lupita
1: Nyong'o. Uh, who's starring in the uh, brand new uh, Queen of Cotway film. Well,
0: that was her big breakout
1: yeah. movie that she was so incredible in a couple
0: well, years ago. Twelve
3: Years a Slave,
0: Holy and also smokes. a little movie
3: you may have heard of called Star Wars.
0: Oh my gosh! Twelve Years a Slave. <laughs> well, no, that little indie
1: flick, Star Wars, was she was pretty good in that. I've never you know, seen it.
0: Yeah, you know, nope,
1: never. It's good. It. You should check it out. Yeah, interesting. It's probably
0: I'll on check. Netflix or something. It Enzion or something.
1: Um, and also, kind of later, Aaron comes back with all of his childhood buddies, and uh, we do the new magazine preview. the the uh, The new issue of Relevant, the November issue, uh, is out mm-hmm. officially uh, this week. And uh, we tell you about... It's one of our most exciting issues in a long time. So yeah, we're absolutely. excited to tell you a little bit about it. Yeah. Uh, but up first, it's time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. Well, in case you missed it, uh, our, our friend John Christ and, and uh, Aaron Tuning, the, those humorists who do those Christian parody viral videos, they did the how to get a, a Christian song... Oh, yeah, that,
0: was, last yeah, week. that was yeah. That was they Yeah, well, they've done <laughs> they, they, a number. They of do a Christian dating <laughs>
3: one where he's the Christian mingle inspector to make oh, sure oh, that the dating people are actually Christians. Love that,
1: right? <laughs> uh, well, this week, he, I, John Chris uh, released a new one, and it's uh, a parody video for the fake organization Millennial International. You can <laughs> adopt a millennial. Uh, it's a spot on. <laughs> Compassion International-type humanitarian uh, thing. Here, here's a clip of it.
5: The need is enormous. There are over 10 million millennials out there who have graduated with no work ethic, no job, no discernible skills at all. And they have expenses. Housing.
4: Student loans.
5: Credit card debt. And I didn't really realize the magnitude of the problem until I looked into the eyes of a millennial. And, and I saw that face with the the dead, nothing's happening up here kind of thing. So I went out to the booth after the service and I talked with the guy and he really informed me about the devastation that's not being able to fund a millennial lifestyle.
0: Core Power Yoga.
5: Birchbox for men. I looked over all the envelopes and my heart was really touched when I saw this one particular fellow that I, I just had to get more information about him. He was Declan from Beverly Hills. I am an aspiring photographer. I graduated college with an art degree, so obviously that puts me at a disadvantage.
2: Volkswagen Jetta lease.
5: Beardwax.
2: Spotify premium.
5: In his last letter, he wrote to me and said that his uh, weekend was, oh, how did he put it? Um, totes lit fam. Literally have no idea what that means.
4: Spin cycle membership.
5: Pet food for my rescue dog.
3: Uber's home from a pub crawl.
5: A typical sponsorship program costs $29 a month. Millennial International is actually $2,900 a month. Love him. I, I like the little, uh, he's so good at making his videos painfully
0: authentic. Like, he, like I know it's a yeah. little tiny point, but like when whoever was speaking, the main speaker just like stutters. And I, I thought, <laughs> it makes me feel like, oh, this is way too real. It's so good.
1: Uh, in case you missed it, this week, uh, it was announced that the new Lando Calrissian in the upcoming Han Solo Star Wars movie, best casting is going to be Donald Glover. Ever, I almost said Danny Glover. That would be totally different. That would know. actually
0: be <laughs> that would actually be backwards casting. You're yeah,
1: like <laughs> the older. Wait, Lando, like, okay. I
0: thought it was a backstory. Well, so
1: just like Rogue One. So you've got the episode. I was explaining this to my mother dinner last night. So every other year you're going to have a new episode. Episode yeah. seven, and then every other year But there's already and been on, a Star
0: Wars. And then in the in between <laughs> years you're going to have
1: Star Wars stories. This year, December, Rogue One comes out. Mm-hmm. The next. Next one in two years after that will be on Han Solo, and uh the young Lando Calrissian will be Danny Glover. When are they going to do one on
3: Donald Spock? Glover?
0: I like him. Yeah, so there you go.
3: <laughs> I do think I do think it's great casting because Donald Glover is not only like uh, like a cool cultural figure, he also has sort of that, uh and I mean this in an endearing way, like nerd cred. You know, yes. like it, from his role on Community, and you know he kind of has that credibility that I think people who are more into Star Wars than maybe something like Atlanta are still going to have an appeal because they sort of
0: trust his geeky cultural taste. The Star Wars franchise continues to just be more and more amazing.
2: It's unreal.
0: Yeah, I realized the other day that I had a uh, Luke Skywalker toothbrush, but I realized I had (laughs) it for a long time. And I was like, why didn't my mom ever get me a new toothbrush? Right, it feels like you should change toothbrushes pretty frequently. I, I've I've heard every three months. Yeah, every three months. That's what I've heard. What? How long?
1: I'm your like your nine toothbrush? months behind then.
0: Oh, <laughs> you change yours once a year,
1: <laughs> Jesse? You don't want to wait till the bristles are gray. Mine not Cameron. Mine I didn't have any bristles left. I'm
3: just rubbing my teeth with plastic.
0: At <laughs> Hold on, can we get a quick survey here? This is actually the next. In case you missed it, okay. in case you missed it, electric toothbrushes are great for your gums. Jesse, what kind of electric toothbrush do you have? <laughs> uh, I I don't need any newfangled oh technology.
1: You know, you know like he that. brushes I his use, teeth with you know those uh, horsehair shoe brush, shoe
0: shine uh, yeah, brushes. Totally Portland, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. use that <laughs> in a little wet
3: baking soda, and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, so sorry I don't mean to interrupt toothbrush talk, but I have breaking news I'd like to 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 chime in with. <laughs> okay, I was just contacted by a domain broker that wants to set up a call. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I just received an email. <laughs> Yeah, I I I'm going to reply that, hey, listen, uh I you know, this call will be recorded and yeah. broadcast. If you're out, you're out. Th- then I, I see what kind of broker you are. But I have a feeling he wants the business. He's fine. He look, listen, if if he's good at what he does, he's he's gonna relish in the opportunity to show the world. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
2: it's free advertising <laughs> for him.
1: Hey, in case you missed it, you've heard of those I am second videos.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, this week, and I am second came out with uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines from uh fixer upper, still doing
0: them in all black and white with the black behind
1: it. It's not black and white, but they, but the, They're it
0: being, is like, black, yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, it was
1: really powerful. Uh, they, <laughs> they talk about their personality flaws, how their marriages changed their lives. And uh, here's a clip.
5: I have learned so much about order and structure and, and processes through my wife, and God is all of those things to me now. But at the beginning, God was just chaotic to me. He was wild. He was untamed. He was un unruly. And I, I like that.
2: But God had a funny way of bringing me Chip, to almost have this reality of what it's like to follow Christ, which is a lot of the things are going to push you to a place of discomfort. A lot of things are going to push you to a place of freaking out. It takes someone who's externally this, whatever right, that processes, is, because yeah. um, it helps me get it out there, because it's healthier to be out there than it is just let it all kind of play in
4: my mind. Hmm.
2: I don't want to be in the box anymore. I don't want to play it safe. Um, because where the impact is, is over here on the other side.
1: Uh, interestingly, interesting note on uh, on the piano there, Chandler String. <laughs> really? <laughs> really really he was pretty. in a tuxedo yeah. uh they yeah. brought him in and he played live uh, yeah. and he was it. actually if you you can't see it but he was in the shots. he was just in the yeah. background in the shot, on a yeah. grand piano he would flip the coattails every yeah. once in a while <laughs> and uh
2: another side note i believe tim tebow did an i am second and the audio was flawless so you might want to relay that to aaron
0: <laughs> almost perfect
2: chip chip and joe are even if
3: i'm joe not joe. into like I, I call her jojo Chippy and Joey. Yeah, Ch- 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 Chip and JoJo. They, <laughs> you know, I'm not into home renovation, but I watch the show because they are entertaining and charming. And I was reading, like, it was like a BuzzFeed list a while ago, about, like, 50 thoughts. Some Something random like, 50 thoughts you, happen while, you have while watching Fixer Upper. And, like, halfway through, it was just reasons why the listicle writer who's some millennial BuzzFeed writer wanted Chip and Joe to adopt her and she could be part of their gaggle of
1: kids. (laughs) I I kind of watch their marriage and think of what I think you and Dana are like in the day-to-day where you're crazy and untethered and she's just the rock that keeps everybody in formation. (laughs) Then uh, I'd probably be dead or in prison if uh, if, if she wasn't there. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, In case you missed it, uh, Jimmy Kimmel has a, a segment on his show called Mean Tweets, where he'll have a celebrity come on and actually read actual tweets, terribly mean tweets that people have written about that person (laughs) uh, live. And it's hysterically funny and unbelievably uncomfortable. Well, this week, in case you missed it, President Obama came on the show and uh, did the Mean Tweet segment. Um, It's the second time the President has participated in this segment, (laughs) though it's the first in which he got compared to Nickelback. Here is a clip.
6: (laughs) Barack Obama is the Nickelback of Presidents. Obama couldn't negotiate getting a Whopper without pickles. At Woodstock Dave. Thanks, Dave. I bet Obama likes mustard on his hot dogs because he's gross. (laughs) What a weird insult. (laughs) Just found out my daughter shares a birthday with Obama. Puke. In caps. At mom of four munchkins, this makes my favorite. Barack Obama dances like how his jeans look. <laughs> you know, this jeans thing, this is so old. This was years ago. Come oh, that's on, it's this one. Like, to... my mom bought new conditioner and it sucks, it isn't even conditioning my hair. I blame Obama. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Obama. You know, my
6: favorite part about it was
3: the Bro, jeans one, he seemed play? a little bothered but... Yeah,
6: well, I. Lifted the ban on Cuban cigars. That's worth something. Barack Obama is the... Schma- <laughs> Barack Obama is the sharknado of presidents. Loud, stupid, and overhyped. Hashtag sharknado4. There
3: you go. That's yeah, like I said, for some reason, he seemed legitimately a little bothered by the gene comments still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, like like him wearing those... You know, pl- they almost pleated gap jeans that right. that just bowed out awkwardly at the thigh. You know? a
0: sensible pair of dungarees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
7: plenty of room,
3: plenty of room. I think the reason he chose them is because he was throwing out like a first pitch at a baseball game. Yeah, w- when he put them on. So you, you 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 know, you if you're doing like a high kick, right, a full wind up, you got to have some leg room here. You can't you can't get like a fitted pair. If you I know, but he didn't even go boot cut. He just went like super awkward. Uh, 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 dad genes, but he's never living that down. And you can tell at some level, it still bothers him.
1: Um, all right. In case you missed it, last one. Um, this week, Mel Gibson and Joel Osteen had a conversation um, about about <laughs> uh, Gibson's upcoming follow-up to the movie, The Passion, The Passion of the Christ, right? Yeah. Uh, so Joel Osteen asked Mel if the movie would be about the resurrection, and Gibson replied, we're getting into some interesting ideas on this that between the crucifixion and the resurrection, like what was going on in there? Um, and then Gibson also said that the challenge of telling this kind of Bible story is approaching it from an angle that will be surprising to audiences, even if they're familiar with the New Testament. He said, You do it, you do it so that it surprises, you do it so that it enlightens. Just some kind of telling, some kind of rendering that suffices is not just is just not good enough. It has to be dug deep for and it has to have in its image and in its sound and its visuals, it has to be able to delve to places that people have never even thought before, I think, on a theological level. No release date has been announced yet, but he's going to do something surprising about the resurrection. That sounds it, intriguing. I, I think
3: it, I, the most interesting part of that comment was not that just that it was going to be interesting, you know, visually and it was going to look different, but that it was going to be surprising
1: on a theological yeah, level. Yeah, that's interesting.
3: Well, like, I mean, because if there's any story in the Bible or any part of the Bible that has been unpacked over and over again, it is from a theological perspective. It's the crucifixion and resurrection. So what Mel Gibson as a filmmaker can do uh, to to create surprises, you know, that's even going to challenge people's theology, uh, I think is interesting. I'm sure it gives some people pause but I, I think, think I'm I think excited to see
1: it what would be most surprising but I think he should do I mean it's long overdue is that he should partner up with Carmen Done. who did the champion <laughs> <laughs> and really Classic. did some surprising theological twists with this exact story and so maybe Carmen should do the soundtrack <laughs> Carmen
3: was one of them mo- on a theological level
1: on a theological Carmen
3: level. was one of the most challenging filmmakers there were there is there is a, a Carmen video where he walks into a saloon as like some sort of gunfighter and just starts slaughtering
1: demons, yeah,
2: while singing
1: one. a song. It's pretty
3: impressive. Is that
2: connected to the same one where he was in the boxing ring?
1: No, that no, it's totally different. Uh, that was Obviously. the champion, and yep. that's the one I'm talking about. It goes like yeah. this. Mm.
8: <laughs>
1: mm. These are classics, man. Eight and a half minutes long. This song.
8: Yeah.
3: We will now listen in its entirety. <laughs>
2: yeah. I I had this on VHS.
0: And now, a no, very relevant Halloween In special. the vast
1: expanse of a timeless place where silence ruled the outer space, ominously towering it stood, the symbol of a spirit war between the one named Lucifer and the shining star, the ultimate of good.
0: <laughs> you really, really, really needed to go to public school. <laughs> Forty-six seconds. We're into this
1: song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a—he's got to have a dramatic. let Carmen knew how to unpack it. Yeah. Clean as
3: lightning and, and in case you were wondering, he did surprisingly cast himself as sort of the Christ figure in this story, <laughs> so which it was, was shocking. an interesting direction for him.
1: Of the I'm just going to the drum. The drums kick in, <laughs> that, that, and then we're done.
5: Yeah. Oddly,
1: this is.
0: This is audio directly from the Olstein uh, <laughs> interview, interview. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is, is Gibson one of the new movie. Different. Yeah, this is Mel Gibson replying.
1: They're actually uh, doing a, a human video and acting this on Joel Olstein's stage.
0: Oh. <laughs> Mel Gibson's wearing uh, black t shirt. I can feel it coming in the air tonight.
1: <laughs> 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 All right, well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned up next. Slices. Listen to Tin Fei. The song is Turn. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Little Monarch with No Matter What. I like to my, I think of myself as a Little Monarch. Yeah, <laughs> Little Napoleon. <laughs> just,
2: just, a little,
1: just have a little kingdom. Yeah. No, I'm a little butterfly. butterfly, Oh, I didn't know if you were going butterfly or kingdom. Yeah,
2: I was thinking butterfly. Just a little (laughs) ruler. A little little, little tiny Having those
1: wings. (laughs) Kind of like the picture of Aaron next to large Tim Tebow
2: He
3: is a
0: little tiny Aaron monarch.
1: (laughs) 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 Next to gigantic full grown man
0: Tim (laughs) 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 Tebow Who he does not know. a butterfly. (laughs) (laughs) You can literally see the place where they put tape on the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What's so striking is like, yeah, Aaron, if
3: we even believe one of those little boys as him is no more than seven and it appears tebow is about to walk up and receive the heisman trophy so yeah. he's wearing a he's wearing the suit. same
0: suit that yeah. he wore the heisman night, so. yeah he's got a beard
1: okay it's time for slices what do you have jesse OK, so uh,
3: the, you guys are familiar with the site Vox, which does explainers and polls and does interesting analysis uh, on, on culture to try to ascertain things uh, about or what's going on in American society. So they decided to conduct an online poll around Halloween uh, time to find out what things most Americans are afraid of. So uh, they, they had people write in what their biggest fears are. Uh, so, for example, heights is 24 percent. Uh, twenty-four percent of people are afraid of 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 heights. You guys feel
0: afraid of heights. I actually am. You're afraid of heights, and I try to talk myself out of it, like it's gonna be fine. But every time I end up like, what what, what happens to you when you get up there? Do my you get wobbly leg, knees? Yeah, my legs start to like really shake, and I have to hold on because they're I I feel like they're gonna give out.
1: But if I, you have to hold on, you have to. You're, that means you're at the rail. No, I know. It's very and then I'm just bouncing back. What and about forth so, and so if
3: you're in an elevator with glass all the way around, how how Like uh, the Marriott
1: Marquis in Times Square. <laughs> yeah. And my stomach starts it goes to, really fast and you're yeah. going down and all you see
0: is rooms 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 and then all of a sudden the atrium opens right? And floor 20 yeah. and yeah. Phew, you're flying in the air. Yeah, I just my stomach drops and my my pulse races and my knees get weak and I can even be telling myself well, logically are you in love? Is that what's happening? (laughs) I I am in love, but that's not a part of
1: it. Oh, okay. Uh, Because I hear that's what happens when people are in love. Yeah. I mean, guess. So so you join, you you join
3: about 24% of the population. Oh, it's a nice, nice to be in the quarter. I would have you guys guess as to what number one and two are, but there's no way you can, but just for
1: context, public speaking is one of them has to be
3: Uh, needles is one of them, which Mm. is uh, towards the bottom. I'm fine with that. Um, I would
1: say death and public speaking. Yeah.
3: Death event. is at nineteen percent. Wow, wow, wow! I don't see public speaking well, though. eighty-one percent other...
1: of Americans believe in the afterlife. So what's yeah, a big
3: deal? I'm fine with it. Number number <laughs> one, number one at sixty-one <laughs> percent. This tells you the state of our culture right now is corrupt government. Oh. Oh.
0: Government Tentably corruption is people's number one fear. No, of corrupt. N- number go- I feel two, like it
2: must have been set up. It's like choose from these things because I, f- I I don't feel like people would default to that. Unless it was presented to
0: them. We talked about this last week. There's like a percentage of like millennials and older folks that are afraid, but it's not a general like anxiety. It's it's right.
1: You would have anxiety at the idea of going up on the uh, Orlando I Ferris wheel because of the height. You're like, I I don't know if I'm going to go up there. It's not like, I don't know if I'm going to watch that news channel because I have a fear of politics. Well,
3: number two Number 2 is <laughs> surprising too. This this ranked over terrorist attacks. Number 2 barely is clowns. This is a
2: this <laughs> yes. is
0: a complete garbage study I feel like.
2: Well, it's <laughs> I mean. all connected to exactly what's happening in culture. I feel like they were given a survey of current events
3: i well uh, again i feel like it taps <laughs> into uh, some overall cultural anxieties um but clowns ranked higher than economic collapse at 37 percent uh biological warfare at 35 and and uh, coming in at dead last the least fear which again i find this a, is a little bit surprising is ghost almost no one is afraid or believes in ghosts they ranked at only nine percent around the table what is your biggest fear
0: Yeah, Yeah. I don't think it's things that are actively, but like you could conjure up things that would absolutely like, yeah, there are like if you saw like a spider
3: running at you, you'd be afraid, but nothing like occupies your mind as a as an
0: ongoing fear. Cohen won't talk to you or the magazine gets shut down or something. I never think of something like that. Yeah, I don't think of fear as much as things that I'm like are actively sort of on the back burner and could always percolate it's if this thing happens if I think about this thing I, uh, it starts to like it makes me sad. It's, uh, it makes me a little bit nervous or a little bit scared or some negative emotion. I feel like I not clowns or something like that, but I'm always my mind
3: always goes not to worst case scenario, but like a, how can I prevent something oh. that I don't want to happen? Don't even
1: come me. Yeah. I was on the hill overlooking the the wall of Gaza to Palestine or to Israel to Gaza and had windows of Gaza. Within, if a sniper was in them, they could have taken me out easily. It Didn't even occur to me that that was an unsafe place to be.
0: Like I, yeah, yeah I think that's fun, what's funny about the whole fear thing is people talk about it, and it's sort of like, first of all, it touches right on anxiety because some people are just sort of f- more prone to anxiety, yeah, and, and are not just prone. a little nervous about everything. Yeah. But I think a lot of times fears, like clowns, are a good example. It it is not a generally a fearful thing it's something that some people just associate a fearful feeling with and some people don't that's why like the political the like 80 whatever percent of people are afraid of like some sort of political unrest I'm, like that's a generalized thing that I, everybody would say yes i would not like to have some sort of political unrest that's why it doesn't make sense to me in the study cuz yeah. usually these kinds of fears Death are like political Like public speaking for me is joyful. I get excited, I wake up, I'm happy about it. Like I think people that are bungee jumping, that's not a fear of heights. That's a fear of dying in a cord being cut loose. And it's just like (laughs) that's a different thing. I've done that. Yeah. So it's terrifying.
1: And you know those those big things that look like slingshots and they like you they pull you up. And then you go Yeah, I've done that too.
3: But but here here what, what's no interesting is because I because I see and enjoy your perspective where you're like oh well you know government corruption is just something that you know the poll sort projected onto the audience but I think that to a degree there's like a generational thing I don't know if you guys have already listened to like this week's this American Life episode but Ira Glass calls. Uh, his uncle, who is petrified, who basically his life is consumed by talking about and fearing different political conspiracies actually coming through. Uh, mm. I think there is a generational gulf between people that maybe a little bit older are prone to cer- certain um, political fears and ideas, where that does consume a lot of their actual. A uh, uh, rationale, but yeah. I do feel like that's why there's it's so random that you would see political corruption as one or government corruption is one and clowns as two because there are honestly like two types of people, like people who have a visceral reaction to something like Mm -hmm. clowns or, you know, heights or spiders or whatever. And then people who are afraid because the media constantly projects these gloom and doom scenarios that can happen with institutions like the government. I feel like that's kind of why this poll is so interesting and seemingly so random is because it shows there are different types of people and and their feelings are are totally different and unrelatable to each other.
2: Jesse, I think I'm kind of like you, and what I'm fearful of, I, what you alluded to, is that I'm not constantly sitting around like feeling anxious or thinking of like oh I'm scared of this. But I feel like I'm always on high alert. So like at church, I always sit, sit on the end of the aisle, and I oftentimes will start daydreaming about like. What if somebody came in here right now? Like, what would I do? What would I use? Or if I'm on an airplane, like, could this food, you know, menu, could that paper cut someone's, (laughs) would I attack them? So I always feel like I'm, I'm ready to attack. Joy, can
3: I, can I just say that if you're, if, if if your scenario solution is to attack an attacker with, with a menu by paper cutting them, then your fear is completely
0: rational in yeah. every way because most like you have reason to be afraid of. because
3: that's a terrible idea.
0: Most menus are made out of a pretty heavy cardstock, and you're never going to get a paper it's cut like, with that. It's like in the mo-
3: old like in the old movies where someone hears the, like someone break into their house and they grab a rolled up newspaper. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like you know what you probably should be afraid of home invasion if your plan is to swat them away. With yesterday's sports page, I, I have real quick. I have a, an update. I hate to do this, but this is breaking news. I Give just got us. a follow up from our domain broker. Okay, and he has discussed the inquiry with his cl- client, and <laughs> they threw a price at me. And I gotta, I gotta be honest here. We are very far off at this point for candypocket.com.
0: About twenty thousand off.
3: <laughs> I don't know if I can discuss specifics. Why not? But it. I'm, this is breaking news here, okay? Two th- he wants 2000 The important $2, thing is the domain broker has has emailed me. They want 4200
1: bucks $4,200. And Reply you're going to... Reply
0: with 15
1: $15. Go, I was thinking more like 15 to 20
0: I got to say, though, it says a lot about what we did with Candy Talk back in the day that it drove up the price.
1: That's true. You created a market for something that did not exist prior. <laughs> in, in my,
3: here's what I, what I think is interesting is after he got... After he saw that someone was interested, Cameron, that his first thing was to call up his client and they had a little chat and they set a value on this thing. 4200 uh, okay. US dollars. Had nothing to
1: do with an algorithm. He definitely called a human
0: who certainly told him that number. Okay. Uh, what do you have, Eddie? All right. Uh, we're going to have viewer's choice on this and actually I'm going to let Joy decide. I can either <laughs> start and give a positive spin on this or I can do a negative spin on this. What would you prefer?
2: I want edgy Eddie.
0: You want edgy Eddie? So yeah. I guess that would be a positive spin. Yes. <laughs> Good news, guys. For the next 170 years, you'll be making more than women. According to a new study, for the next 170 years, that is how long it is going to take for the, net, the average of women's salaries around the globe to equal that of men's salaries. Good news, right, Joy?
2: <laughs> yes, it's so great. <laughs> if,
0: you, if you want to, Iceland and Finland – if you were going to move anywhere, they make the top of the list for least disparity within pay. The United States is, do you want to guess, Joy?
2: Um, ch-
0: ch- ch- ten. Oh, oh, no. We're number 45. Oh, uh, wow. So the global average, when it comes to an annual average earnings worldwide, women take home $10,778 to men's $19,873 dollars. Wow. I have to ask a question. I've never understood this. How is this possible? Because every place I've ever worked just has a really clear HR like cuz <sighs> you worked in where like academia has this, churches have yeah. this, don't even talk about church salary.
1: Nonprofits have this where like they they just have like t- cuz I was on a board of a university and it was different for me to understand that they have like these tiers and everything is just set. I mean there's like no negotiation for your salary or anything like that.
0: Yeah, yeah cuz clearly it's messed up, right? I mean, yeah. I feel like that's a universal yeah. It's it, yeah, it's inequality. Yeah, and if anybody thinks it's not right now, probably just don't comment. But so we can all disagree like, of course everybody should just you do a job, this is how much you make, man or woman, short Tall doesn't matter, but you're but you're we're talking like now free market kind of like business where it's a little bit more subjective. I literally brought this out because I want a broader perspective on this because I don't even understand how it happens once, much less there's a worldwide disparity of nine thousand dollars. I've thought about
1: this. We just as you guys, we're a small team, you know, and as you guys met uh, here on the podcast the last couple of weeks, a couple of our new team members, our new managing editor, Mm -hmm. Rebecca, uh, our new um, social media maven, um, Chelsea. So to to actually most of our recent hires, I can go back to the probably the previous six or seven have all been Mm. female. And incredible women running relevant. I am surrounded by strong, smart Confident women. Oh, I know. It's, it's amazing. Is that we have, I'd say, what, four-fifths of our staff is female? Yeah. Ma- yeah. Maybe two-thirds. Um, and so, like, I think about this. Yeah. Like, like it never would occur to me that Rebecca would make any less than our last managing editor. You know, like, and I'm trying to think that... So how does it happen? How does it happen? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I literally don't know. But I do know that in the free market and the, the normal business world, that things are a lot more subjective. You go in, you ask for a raise. It's a subjective raise. It's not as structured as academia, nonprofits, and churches... Mm-hmm. where things are more you know, donor and you have to report your all your financials and things mm. like that.
2: Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of is that if uh, a male and a female are in the same role, I think research shows that men more often are quicker to ask for a raise. Yeah. So that's the only scenario that I can think of if there's raise potential, that men are sooner to go in and ask for it or ask for a bigger raise. But, yeah, I mean, I know traditionally, like, in the past where more women were at home and not working, then if a male and a female were in the workforce, some companies justified, like, we will pay this man more money because he has, you know, five kids at home and a wife to support, whereas this woman may be single. I feel like that was something back in the day. But, yeah, I can't understand an HR company that would would not make it equal at this point. So that's why I'm confused as well. well.
3: Yeah. Well, especially when you look at like globally, there are still a lot of places that have different, you know, not as advanced ideas about gender roles. And you could see how like in some places in the world where laws about men and women are different that could be the case. Yeah. Like I'm not justifying it, but you could see, like logically, okay, I, you know, there, there are some countries where women can't drive.
1: You know, I, the, yeah, the, the old mindset. So maybe like if it's an older, you know, corporate world that you're in, or an older yeah. where like the men historically. 50 40 years ago were the providers and the women stayed at home yeah. then the men you know just were more qualified or whatever there was a perception but today it's uh it's just not that and maybe it's and that's, what,
3: that's what i'm saying especially in the united states the yeah. united states is far more advanced in its in its thinking so, and it's it's yeah. shameful that it's still 45 the, the stats, you, the stats
1: yeah. you brought are factual yeah, and, yeah. And, and and what's confusing to me is like I just, I'm with you, your confusion of like,
0: where is this happening? How does this even happen anymore? I right. don't
1: know the answer to that. Yeah, because well,
0: the, it, the, the countries on the bottom of the list, and I didn't say them because I just, I don't know, feel it's unkind, but are oppressive to women. So yeah, it's like understandable. Right. They, don't, they don't they don't see women as the same class of citizen as men. But in the United States, right. I don't, I really would love if anybody ends up having like a really good like one of those great articles that just illuminates how this happens. I would love to to read it because I, I I believe I believe well, it to be true. Yeah, I just cause don't it, it, is why. the
2: article saying uh, men and women doing the same job, The discrepancy is that ten thousand to nineteen thousand, or is that men and women? and it's based off of maybe more women are not working?
3: No, a lot it's it's the comparison is women working the same job like they they get paid much less in the same job. And I think there's a variety of cultural factors. But Eddie, to to your comment, I mean, we we ran a piece last year that you can find on relevantmagazine.com uh, uh, that that looked at this issue more in depth and there's a lot oh, of yeah. complex social factors it's not just the, oh there's just one reason why it happens i'm not justifying it but yeah you know the it, and the reason why it's so hard to correct is isn't just because you can say oh we just fix this and that'll fix the problem but it's it's a it's also like Goes across a lot of industries. There's a, there an anecdote this week about uh, Hillary Swank. She was on Chelsea Handler's talk show and she talked about how one time earlier in her career, but this is after she had also won an Oscar. Okay. So she's an Oscar winning actress oh, yeah. at this point. She was offered half a million dollars for, for a co starring role uh, in a film. That's so her much male money. counterpart. Was offered ten million dollars. What? Yeah. Wow. So she's offered half a million. He's offered ten million. And at this point, she, she had won an Oscar. She declined the role. She didn't give the the what film it was, but it was offered to another actress who accepted it for fifty thousand. Wow. So there you have a, a discrepancy of yes. <laughs> almost ten million dollars. The other thing that that she illuminated in that, she won an Oscar for the film Boys Don't Cry. Mm -hmm. Uh, She won an Academy Award, the highest honor you can get in Hollywood for for, for doing something. She was paid $3,000 to star in that movie. Seriously?
2: Well, I'm just interested if, for whoever's going to respond to us who knows (laughs) these facts, if it maybe has a lot to do with companies that don't have, like, HR departments that you were talking about, Eddie, of, like... Uh, roles and jobs where someone is more freelance, or they have uh, management, you know, and so then there's like a quicker to accept a lower payment, or if someone's, uh, you know, works for themselves, they say, I'm this much an hour, and maybe across the board, women, you know, put themselves at a lower, I mean, that's, that's literally the only thing I can try to think of to make sense. Otherwise, I feel like companies would be getting sued. You know, cause a film, a film company could say, this is what we offered them. Of course, we're going to come in low. If their agent saying we only do this for 10 million and we want that actor, you know, like,
3: but, but, but that mindset applies to any business, yeah. like, you know, the, this, this, the disparity, you know, works at a, a systemic level. It, mm-hmm. I just use the example of Hollywood just because, you know, it's in the news, but, but situations like that happen across industries
0: every day. Yeah.
1: All right. What do you have, Joy?
2: All right. Yeah. So this is going to be really interesting. I feel like Eddie and Jesse are going to be so quiet now.
0: Thank guys. you for sharing your feelings, co-worker, who I value. <laughs> I'm literally thank you, thank you know value, to co-host. myself
2: if I don't get interrupted.
0: I hear you and affirm your affirmation. Thank you, co-worker. <laughs> She's an equal member okay, of this podcast. Okay. Cast.
2: Uh, question. Uh, have any of you guys ever taken an I voted selfie to kind of encourage other people to vote? No,
0: because it's illegal. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do it. No, no,
2: not an I vote. you know, with the sticker. Like, oh. I see a lot of people say, you know, like, they have I, their little sticker.
0: I may have a couple years ago, no, but too. I don't, I don't think so. I me see, I, Joy, I will say I see them. I've
3: already started seeing friends that have, like, done early voting or absentee just with a little sticker on their pocket or, you know, whatever, and just a little thumbs up. I voted. Yeah, the the sticker. Yeah. I, yeah, I've seen the sticker selfies already. The whole thing. Yeah,
2: it starts happening yeah. now. So, no, wait, Dad, wait, real quick,
0: can I ask this? Do you guys yes. wear the sticker? Oh yeah, all day. No, I early vote and I don't get a sticker.
2: Yeah, we have mail in um voting, so we never get a sticker, which is pretty oh. sad. Yeah. Wow, you guys really are being so quiet.
0: Interesting question, Joy. What else do you have to say? Because I was going to make a joke that I bought a binder full of
3: I voted stickers.
0: <laughs> Good job.
3: <laughs> and like, put like six on and be like, guys, I don't know what happened at the polling place, but they let me go in six times <laughs> and just see if it gets, and just see if it gets picked up on one of these political sites. You know, I got the stickers to prove it.
2: Anyways, okay, so yes, it's not illegal at all to do the I voted sticker, but there are some states, not all states. Um, where it's illegal to take a, a selfie while you're actually in the booth, or take a photo of um, your ballot that you've filled out. And this, the selfie phenomenon, it's not that they've just enacted these laws because we now have the technology with cameras. There's actually been laws in certain places since since, 1891. since basically
3: flash photography was invented.
2: Yes, um, <laughs> no, but it, it was it was that you weren't allowed to show. Selfies anybody were a your big ballot. problem
0: in the 1800s. <laughs> they took a while. Yeah. A but, but, uh... long time. Everybody <laughs> stay still. Stay still. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. That's why they were a problem. <laughs>
3: You know why they were? it they they was originally frowned upon to take uh, s- selfies in the ballot box? Because you had to bring in those big, dangerous light bulbs that basically explode with every picture. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, when they're crammed in that little booth, it's incredibly dangerous. People died
1: all the time. Sparks everywhere. Yeah,
2: exactly. All right. Well, so as many of you know, all the ballots would catch
1: on fire. That's the problem. <laughs> See, that's why they, they disallowed it. All the, all the sparks one ballot
2: per person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So Justin Timberlake, who owns uh, land in Tennessee, he flew home to vote and he took a selfie inside the booth to encourage everyone to vote. And he apparently did not do his due diligence, which is that there's a new law in Tennessee um, forbidding people from using the device for telephone uh, conversations, recording or taking photographs or videos while inside the polling place. The crime. Do you know what the crime for that misdemeanor is? 15, the
0: penalty, 15 years sentence. in jail.
2: You're really taking the
0: uh, sunshine out of that.
2: Uh, Fifty dollar fine and up to thirty days in jail. So everyone was freaking out that you know Justin Timberlake was going to go to jail. Maybe a
3: month without JT. Like that. The, I mean, the, uh, the, the national nightmare almost came true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but it was hilarious. Uh, the Shelby County District Attorney General Amy Weirich, she uh, made a statement. She goes. No one in our office is currently investigating this matter nor will we be using our limited resources to do so. <laughs> so they don't have time to prosecute Justin what, Timberlake.
0: What I love is probably that like Chris Kirkpatrick took a like a selfie and he has done one every single year and I mean he is just literally tampering with the ballots and just waiting for someone to notice and it's breaking <laughs> his heart. He's like I just flew in from Alabama. Alabama to Orlando. I did a direct flight to vote and I'm and I'm tampering with ballots. I'm messing with the ballot box. Nobody so, cares. Is <laughs> is, your,
3: is your theory that if it wasn't as beloved of a pop star, right. like let's say let's say Nickelback wasn't Canadian and one of them did it, that they yeah. would throw the book at them, like yeah. they oh, yeah. would attempt to to put them in prison? Well, yes, because that would be a, for a Canadian
2: trying to vote in the U.S. But oh, yes, yeah. oh yeah, I I do think they're letting Timberlake off the hook. But actually, I don't think this law is going to be in place. There's different laws for different states, and I will tell you each of your own uh, here in a second. But I think they're about to all get repealed because people are saying this is like. Uh, an issue of free speech and, you know, it's, it's dumb. It's a dumb Hey, block. did you
1: guys see the, uh, Mike Rowe, the guy who does the dirty jobs? Did you see the controversy around his voting Facebook post this week? No. no. He, uh, he's a conservative guy, salt-of-the-earth blue-collar guy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, he interacts with his fans on Facebook. He, he had this, like, lengthy post. Somebody, um, a reader, asked, asked him to, you know, to encourage his fans to vote in the presidential election this November. And he politely declined yeah. with this reply. He said, I share your concern for our country and agree wholeheartedly that every vote counts. Uh, It's a very long reply. This is just part of it. He says, however, I'm afraid I can't encourage millions of people whom I've never met to just run out and cast a ballot simply because they have the right to vote. That would be like encouraging everyone to buy an AR-15 simply because they have the right to bear arms. I would need to know a few things about them before offering that kind of encouragement. For instance, do they know how to care for a weapon? Can they afford the cost of the weapon? Do they have a history of violence? Are they mentally stable? In short, are they responsible citizens? casting a ballot is not so different. It's an important right that we all share and one that affects our society in dramatic fashion. But it's one thing to respect and acknowledge our collective rights and quite another thing to affirmatively encourage people I've never met to exercise them. And yet, my friends in Hollywood do that very thing. And they're at it again. And he goes on from there. He says, uh, every four years, celebrities and movie stars look earnestly into the camera and tell the country to get out and vote. They tell us it's our most important civic duty and they speak as if the very act of casting a ballot is more important than the outcome of the election. This strikes me as somewhat hysterical, and, you know, talks and, about, you know, do they actually want people to vote or do they want them to vote who
0: they are hey, pulling for? He could have come up with a lot of metaphors, but he went with the AR fifteen yeah, metaphor.
1: yeah, not <laughs> a way to but, just
0: walk into it. yeah, but but his okay. his point is good because it's like
1: voting's a right. It, it's not a duty and not a moral obligation, he says. Like all rights, the right to vote comes with some responsibilities, but let's face it, the bar is not set very high. And yeah, it goes. yeah, yeah. but goes but
3: that. Here. That, it's a good point because, like, I do feel like, in a way, that whole uh, thing of, you know, everyone's got to vote. It, the, if if you don't know, if you haven't put thoughtful, uh, y- you know, reflection and research into it, then why should you vote? Like, I'm not saying you don't have the right, but don't feel the pressure if you don't know what you think. Right.
2: So before we close, you guys want to uh, know what category your state falls under? Sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Uh, well, Oregon. Uh, we're all mail in, um, so we can take, we're free, we're under the free to photograph category. Um, although there was a law in 2014 that was repealed, uh, it was, there was a law that you couldn't even show anyone your filled out ballot, but now you can show everybody, you can take photos, all that. Um, Florida, you guys are just straight up banned, which I think you know. Um, in, in any scenario, you're only you're banned. if you
1: subscribe to the law of Caesar and man. That's right. What is it? Are you banned? That I subscribe <laughs> to the law of the Lord, and I'll t- and I will stick my head in your in mm-hmm. your booth mm-hmm. and With take like a six pic- GoPros and take a picture <laughs> if I feel like it. Right. There's an IMAX
0: um, film. We are you
1: right are now. in my church lobby. Yeah. I am not. Th- this is not your sacred land. This is my church lobby. That is, you're a visitor. <laughs> okay.
2: Jesse, do you know do you know what your state falls under? Okay,
3: I'm going to go back to Cameron here. Not only do I not know my state law (laughs) on that matter, I know I I don't know, nor do I care about many of my state's laws. (laughs) I'm not governed by the Commonwealth of Virginia or the federal government of the United States. You know, I'm I'm, only God solely by my moral compass and my endowed rights uh, as as a human being to do a lot of things that the government definitely frowns upon. That's right.
2: Uh, Well, Jesse, your state falls under not the free or not the banned category. (laughs) Your state falls under the mixed or unclear uh, category. So uh, you are banned apparently in the booth to take selfies, but you can take selfies of your mail-in ballot. So you have lots mm-hmm. of options on the table.
3: Uh, again, again, you might as well not have said anything because I, I don't <laughs> care. Just
2: saying, you, I,
1: Since it said, the conclusion is that your state's is unclear, I think you need to just push the boundary as far as you can mm-hmm. until you yeah. hit the edge. Well, yeah. what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it as
3: far as possible, and I'm going to go in there and start dismantling the booths and just have a <laughs> wide open thing and you know that's just yeah, i don't i'd like to see them stop me i did the same thing as a prank in college one time we went to another floor we didn't like and we took down their stall doors and we when we hauled them away so they just had open toilets in the bathroom <laughs> i'm going to do the same thing at the voting booth uh, for the sake of the commonwealth of uh, all
1: right well that'll do it for Slices stay tuned up next lupita Nyong'o joins us <laughs> Listening to Sorzo Richardson. The song is Ruin Your Night, which is what I do regularly with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
3: that's, uh, that's so that's, sad. That's sad right? yeah.
1: Lupita Nyong'o is an Oscar-winning actress known for her roles in critically acclaimed films like 12 Years a Slave, Star Wars you might have heard of, and most recently Queen of Kotwe about a Christian missionary to Uganda. We recently spoke with uh, Lupita about her background as the child of a Kenyan political leader during tumultuous times, how she chooses such interesting roles, and why she gravitates towards socially redeeming stories. Here is part of our conversation with Lupita Nyong'o.
4: So you've been in some huge movies lately. I mean, uh, from obviously your Oscar-winning performance in Twelve Years a Slave, uh, The Force Awakens, which you know now is looking like a, kind of a Star Wars franchise, uh, The Jungle Book, on stage with an eclipsed, etc. So when it came about, you, you approached about this movie, King, Queen of Catway, Why did you choose the script? What was it about it that stood out to you?
9: Well, it was the fact that it was a true. A uh, story, an uplifting story from East Africa meant so much to me. Nothing like it had crossed my desk when um, it came to me. And the Here was a story about a girl who just uh, overcomes so many odds and uh, follows an, what would may have seemed like an impossible dream. Uh, it just really resonated with me. It's, um, it speaks of um, an, an outlook that I believe in, and but also the fact that I would be playing a woman who was who was very afraid of the dream and the dreamer, and had to come to terms with um, with with letting her daughter pursue more than she thought was possible Mm. that also was a challenge for me that i would be playing someone who did not see the world the way i was raised to see it um i just i just loved that challenge the the challenge of playing the mother of five children a young mother a teen mother um of five children also i it just offered so much um it was just such a rich script and just offered me so many positive challenges that mm. i mean 10 pages in and i put down the script and i made it known that i was going to have to make the film <laughs> and, it <was> just a- <laughs> and then i read the script the rest of it and i was like oh yes yes i was right
4: <laughs> kind of i guess at a base level uh this film is about chess which um you know, face value is not altogether that interesting, uh, but of of course, kind of as you're as you're saying, there's there's more to it, and it's about more and deeper things than than just a board game. Can you explain that? I mean, what what is this film ultimately about?
9: Oh well, this film is about it's about daring to dream. It's also about the importance of having a network of support, mm. a family. A community that can support the dreamer to achieve their dreams so it's about that it's about courage it's about Uganda it's about celebration of of inspiration you know
4: so one thing that sticks out to me about the film uh, so one of the central characters of course is is uh, this Christian missionary portrayed by David Oyelowo um, what is he doing Teaching chess classes. What, what's the connection between his work there and how he gets involved in teaching chess?
9: Well, Robert Katende is an incredible human being, and he started off by by uh, coaching. Football, also known as soccer, mm. <laughs> um, in in that way to try and help get the kids off the street and get them get them doing something um, positive and worthwhile. So he ran a football club, and he noticed that. There were some kids that didn't want to get that physically involved and he knew how to play chess and he offered this to those children and then as he offered it he 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 knew how chess can really uh develop focus and problem solving and so he uses chess to teach life skills and to teach these children how to better deal with the challenges of their lives in this um, objectively poor uh, slum of Katwe. Mm. And so it becomes a metaphor for life. And he, I have had the honor of being coached by the real Robert Katende, mm. and he is truly a visionary with chess. And the way he makes it so relevant to everyday life is astounding. And and that's what he did for those children and what he continues to do in Katwe. And David represents that man.
4: People of Katwe in in real life, I mean, it's easy, you know, especially as North Americans, uh, etc., to view anyone not in the first world as uh, experiencing a level of what we would call suffering or something like that. In your experience there, and even portraying um, people from from Uganda, are they suffering, or is this just a different type of life that they're content with?
9: You know... There is suffering everywhere in the world and I do not believe that suffering is the only thing that can characterize a people and what we see in Queen of Katwe is that despite the abject poverty that this particular family finds themselves in, they are, they are working through it they are reaching they are loving they are laughing they are cooking they, there's more going on than just the suffering and I think that is what the, the, the I hope is the biggest takeaway from this film is that life is occurring life is happening in Katwe you know and there is there is yeah, there is more to their character than just the suffering, as we see in in Fiona's story, that she is able to overcome the limitations of the world she grew, she was born into and achieve way more. And that is happening all over Katwe and all over Uganda. And I think it's also really important to, to note that Katwe is not a representation of all of Uganda. It's a representation of a place just as, you know, uh, Compton is, is not all of Los Angeles. Mm.
4: Yeah, it's a, that's a good point. It, it always occurs to me when I'm watching, you know, a film like this that, you know, my first reaction to anyone who, you know, I don't know, doesn't have wood floors or something is you think like, oh man, that's just, I feel so bad for them. And then, Another part of me, you know, while you do want to view people who need help as needing help and et cetera, another part of me thinks like, well, gosh, how arrogant am I to think that the only way to live is with, you know, these things that I've become accustomed to, et cetera. Um, And so it it was interesting, I think, in seeing some of the stuff I saw in the Catway film, uh, how the people I think are overall portrayed as... um, happy people I mean I think there's obviously there's tensions there and there's setbacks and there's things to overcome um, but I didn't I didn't perceive necessarily the location as a big uh, what you might call like an antagonist in the film which I thought was an interesting take uh, that even added to some of the texture uh, of the picture
9: yeah I hope that what is presented in our film and I do believe it is a full world it is a full world not denying the negative uh, but also not denying the positive. And I think that's something that um, the African continent is in great need of. It's in great need of the recognition that there are really positive things going on you know, on the continent, you know. I think all too often an image is painted of a suffering Africa, a a hungry Africa, a war-torn Africa. And here we have a film that is not denying the poverty that this particular place is experiencing, but we are shedding a light on on the hope and the beauty and the dignity and the, 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 the triumph of one girl and her love
4: for chess mm. I want to go back a little bit to uh the topic we're talking about um with you like choosing the script etc uh it seems to me that kind of looking at your career of late especially with you know eclipse the play and then with um 12 years a slave etc you're taking roles that um you say something you know there's a message uh that matters it is that idea of social change or even social commentary in your mind when you approach acting?
9: Um, you know, I think I, uh, I I I think. What do I think? I <laughs> What do I think? I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I I'm I gravitate. I'm attracted to roles and stories that uh, are complex. That say something about say something and teach me something new about the human spirit. um, Mm -hmm. Then I do believe in redeeming social value potential, and and I think um, I'm attracted to those those kinds of stories because I do think that um, cinema and television, popular culture, really is the way in which we. In this day and age, that's the, that's the way in which we understand the world, that we interact with the world beyond um, our immediate surroundings. You know, it gives us a better understanding of the world we live in, and it's an opportunity, I think, to 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 have. to expand on the conversation and our understanding of the world we live in. Um, But really, the things that I have gravitated to, I think, are things that have moved me deeply and I feel an impetus to participate in. And, you know, it goes from eclipse to even the Jungle Book or even Star Wars, you know, they're all in one form or another has offered me a unique opportunity and I I see their value um, to me and to what I hope is my audience.
1: That was Lupita Nyong'o. Make sure to check out her current film, Queen of Cotway. It's out now. listening to a band in our new issue of Relevant, Young the Giant. The song is Silver Tongue, which is my nickname in high school. Um, <laughs> Up until the incident, <laughs> then it became Gold Tongue. Um, um, I don't know what that means. I don't know. It's the no. new James yeah. Bond. Just use your out. imagination. Well, the new issue of Relevant is uh, has shipped this week, and it's out now. It hits new It hits newsstands on November first. Uh, so to talk about the new issue and give you some behind the scenes of uh, what went into it, we wanted to invite our editorial director, Aaron Hanbury, to the show. Welcome back, Aaron. It's uh, it's good to be back. Any of your friends joining you this time? They might want to call in or anything?
0: <laughs> no, I just
4: got
1: off the phone with several.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the, the quality was... I didn't put
4: a lot of pressure on them to provide good <laughs> phone quality because we're such yeah. close friends. I was like, just come as you are.
3: Um <laughs> One we of them, it was funny, he just talked to one of his good buddies who's now uh, a famous professional athlete. I mean, it was awkward because the guy was skydiving at the time. Uh, so,
1: uh, it wasn't great, but uh, good to catch but up. It's, it's how they typically talk on the phone with each other, with a lot well, a lot of windy activities happening on the other end of the <laughs> line. Busy
4: guys just fitting in a conversation when we have time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Sometimes, a little, you he,
1: sometimes he calls you while he's downhill skiing. Sometimes he calls you <laughs> when he's in a typhoon. You
4: know, I'll get that um, surfing appointment later, yeah. but I could probably squeeze a call yeah. in there. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm
3: repairing a big industrial-sized fan that'll be safe. Uh, can I give you a call then? Yeah, I'm actually, I uh, hope it's okay. I got an appointment at the blow-dry bar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got <laughs> yeah, two blow-dryers going on me, uh, but I do. I can carve out in a good 10 minutes there. Mm-hmm. It's up to you guys. You know okay. what, to make a relationship work, you just
4: make sacrifices, you plan things. It's very <laughs> intentional.
1: Uh, the new issue <laughs> Relevant has a huge Hollywood actor on the cover. He's not physically, but in, in a reputation, I guess. In proportion to yeah. popularity, word, he looks tiny. Yeah, in popularity. Uh, Andrew Garfield, he's played superheroes, and currently he's starring in the new movie Hacksaw Ridge, which was directed by the controversial Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Both of them are in the cover story and talk about the film, and uh, it's the story of a pacifist during the Second World War who... Refused to bear arms, but actually saved a lot of lives. Uh, faith, uh, morality, integrity, character, um, abuse, overcoming obstacles—all themes in the film. And uh, Mel Gibson is a phenomenal director. Think of him. Uh, think of him, what you will. But his, you know, yeah, brave heart and several others. Uh, Passion of the Christ that uh, were quite notable. And Hacksaw Ridge is kind of his comeback moment. Yeah, it's ah. been
4: ten years. So 06 was Apocalypto. Uh, which was his last uh, directing or directorial? It's outing. also
1: what happened to his career after that. It was just kind of the apocalypse. He just kind of exploded and, <laughs> and went away.
4: Yeah, that was basically a signal to everyone. Yeah, Apocalypto and I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: But, but this is a, this is a really fascinating story because not only is it Mel Gibson's comeback, but Andrew Garfield, you know, making a, such an interesting professional choice. He, you know, he was just Spider-Man, like literally. The guy is, you know, at the forefront of these big mass market blockbusters and his next moves to work with Mel Gibson in this uh, film that's going to be that is controversial and even he mentions talking about being in the upcoming Scorsese movie which also has heavy faith themes and how both of these have kind of made him uh, you know ask himself big questions about faith and morality and some important social issues it's a really interesting career choice for someone like Andrew Garfield
1: and he o- and he opens up about it quite mm-hmm. a bit in the, in the piece and it's uh, compelling it's one of those ones that Sometimes you talk to a famous actor and you know about you know a role that actually has a lot of meat on the bones and you know is really uh is gripping from a multi-layered spiritual and compelling standpoint and then you talk to the actor and they're like yeah it was a role you know yeah. and they don't really yeah. go there uh Andrew goes there and, uh, and obviously Mel who's the director and visionary of the story really goes there and uh this the story is uh, really compelling and yeah, eye-opening. I was really I
4: was really pleased with um, the access and um, the way in which both uh, both Mel Gibson and Andrew Garfield opened up, up opened up to us and gave us some real insight to what they were thinking, how the role changed them, um, how they thought about Desmond Doss, the the lead character, um, who's a, a real man. Um, so it was really interesting. It, it was great to see how that came together.
3: Andrew Garfield, like we're going to be seeing a lot of him, uh, because two those two movies we just talked about, particularly *Hacksaw Ridge*, but also Martin Scorsese's *Silence*, which he stars in as a Jesuit monk, are already in early Oscar talks to be in the conversation for Best Picture. So it's really exciting that we got a chance to talk to him at this really pivotal moment, not just for his career, but for uh, you know some faith uh, conversations culturally.
1: Also, in the issue on the spiritual uh, side of things, Pastor, Pastor Judah Smith, our friend, uh, wrote uh, wrote a piece about how is your soul mm-hmm. uh, unpacks kind of like uh, feelings and uh, our emotions stuff so is really good. Lisa Bavier uh, also wrote for us. the First time she's ever written for us. Uh, she talked about the cult of comparison and a little behind the scenes. The uh, the uh, two people depicted in the uh, in the photo shoot are mm-hmm. staffers at Relevant. David Crowder's in the issue. Uh, He he was a guest here on the podcast not too long ago talking about his new album. um, And uh, in the issue, he talks about it and how it's kind of a new musical direction for him. And he's really kind of doubling down on the swampy Mm -hmm. kind of golf music. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing new era for him. uh, Artistically, we, we traced
4: out the history of the David Crowder beard. That's true. We we do. We literally
1: have a sidebar in there. Uh, (laughs) It's the oral, it's like the oral history, the timeline of the David Crowder facial hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, because
4: people needed to know and we illustrated well,
1: it we literally had i paid a designer to sit there and <laughs> illustrate david crowder's facial hair over the years
3: <laughs> what, what, what's a, yeah. what's interesting is we always have a backup cover in case someone like andrew garfield fell through yeah. and we had the the crowder beard timeline so i was <laughs> comfortable up into the end on
1: this one yeah um, also in the issue of aaron's favorite band young the giant talked to us That's true why are That's they your true. favorite band?
4: Young the Giant is my favorite band, first and foremost because I just like their music, I feel like it straight up. But it was also my wife and I's first date was to see Young the Giant at the Tabernacle in Atlanta, which is a really great venue, and they put on a great show. And then kind of had a kind of had a little place in my heart for them since then.
3: I, I I've always I like the band, and you know they have a couple hits that you, you commonly hear in radio and commercials, and they've got a lot of critical acclaim. But what I liked about the story is. You know, the the undertones, not just of their new album, but of their personal stories dealing with themes uh, like diversity and displacement, you know, they are... Uh, you know, come from the perspective of the child of immigrants. It, it was a really fascinating interview. All four band that members, I
1: learned watching it or reading this that all five band members are uh, uh, the children of, of immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so that the, that comes through in their music.
4: Yeah, and essentially you listen to their album uh, right now and it kind of sounds like everything, like everybody's talking about immigration, even in Europe they have Brexit, et cetera. Uh, but they started working on this album about two years before any of that broke. So it, it was this really organic way that they were just kind of talking about their own lives um, and how they experienced America. Uh, and then it released into this moment where it was like even more so in the forefront of kind of you know cultural conversations and those kind of things.
1: Speaking of uh, music, oh, we also have Eddie in the magazine. Uh, St. <laughs> Paul and the Broken Bones. Eddie and
4: the Broken Bones. The lead
1: singer of St. Paul and the Broken Bones uh, looks exactly like Eddie Kaufholz in the suit. It is uh, We don't, uh, don't know it's not him. <laughs> look, open up the magazine, flip to the TOC, and glance at... The Saint Paul and the Broken Bones picture, and tell me if you don't think that's uh, Eddie Coughlin. It's eerie. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's a, it's actually a really great story. Uh, not mm-hmm. only do they do infectious kind of retro soul pop music, the lead singer was in the ministry at one point, point. and so it's they, definitely the gospel thing is not a shtick to them. It's a authentic kind of th- thing that he's you know inspired the music that he's making now. So mm-hmm. very cool story based on my trip to Mars. Not long ago, uh, the lava field in Hawaii, where they were doing some Habanaut experiments and stuff, uh, in preparation for Mars exploration. Um, Nat Geo is doing a show this November, um, kind of a mini series, uh, special, um, it's not a full season series but it's not a mini series it's this interesting thing they call it a global television event.
4: Yeah, what well, it's like part documentary, part scripted. No, no,
1: no, it's a it's a it's it's all scripted. It's a it's, scripted. it's a dramatic series about 2032, the first human crew to go to Mars, right? The reason why it's notable, it's on that Geo, it's based in current science of what's being worked on for real. So Real, like real rocket design, real challenges that they face, or the things that they're really facing, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's just uh, grounded, it's not just sci fi, you know. Uh, so it's a fascinating conversation that we have. It's just a kind of a quick thought of um, one of the things that Elon Musk and Neil deGrasse Tyson say in the piece that. They have differing perspectives on Elon Musk says there will be an extinction event here on Earth, so we must now become a multi-planet species. That is absolutely vital, and that's why he wants to go. Neil deGrasse Tyson says, well, sure, it's great to learn and explore, and and we should always be pursuing exploration, but you know, why don't we focus our attention on not having an extinction event here on Earth? <laughs> and, uh, and so they have differing uh, views. Neil deGrasse Tyson says it's not a, a question of, could we go to Mars? But really, should we um, habitate Mars? So uh, it's an interesting little piece that we have. Uh, also, we we ask the question: Should you chase your dream? How do you know mm-hmm. when it's time to quit your day job and and take that big leap of faith that so many people want? And uh, last, but definitely not least, um, we have a feature with Scott derrickson the filmmaker behind the huge new movie huge. uh dr strange
4: yeah absolutely and i was really excited about this we, we've been working on uh getting scott for an interview for a while so it was really exciting to see it land and then the the writer who wrote it for us is really just the, just the right guy to do it it's great when all these things come together scott actually grew up in a very conservative uh baptist home i mean he was at bob jones university doing bible drills that kind of thing um and then he went on to uh to biola and then he becomes like this breakout horror director much like, um,
1: and he, and then we should say he is an, a like a Christian. Currently, he's not like he grew up in the church right. and and then like left the church to become a horror director. He's a Christian horror director.
4: Absolutely, yeah. But yeah much like um, Hayes, the you know, the brothers who we've talked to before yeah. on the show, um, he's a Christian in the horror space, um, and now he's taken the reins of this this big. Um, is it Marvel?
1: Yeah, I believe it's
3: Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's the latest addition to the to the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which every one of those movies is a huge deal. And this one has a a, a way different tone Very. than it, it like let's say your your entry point into that world is The Avengers or Iron Man or one of those. Doctor Strange is taking the the entire uh, universe in a new sort of direction that's darker that is asking a lot of big spiritual and mystical Mm -hmm. questions. Spirituality and the supernatural and mysticism play huge roles in the Doctor Strange story. And that's why it's so interesting that a Christian director and a Christian filmmaker is at the helm. I mean, in the lead up to this, you would see um, Scott Derrickson tweeting quotes from different Theologians who've kind of had these ponderings about the supernatural and, you know, some of these big mystical questions. And now they're all coming to fruition in the form of a blockbuster that visually is also one of the coolest Marvel movies. I don't know if you guys have seen some of the clips that we've posted on and off as they've been made available, but I mean, there are. Uh, scenes that sort of look like something out of like uh, Inception. Yeah, psychedelic
4: or, is how Scott described it to us. He wanted to create a psychedelic experience, which is I, super interesting.
3: Interestingly,
1: I, want, I was listening to that conversation that Scott had with us. I, I didn't make out the word psychedelic because he also was uh, skydiving while while inter- while <laughs> the interview was going on, much like Tim Tebow. I
4: try to make people feel comfortable when I talk to them. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, if you need to like sit down or, or like skydive, just do what you or, need to or, do. Or, or to ride around with space. your windows open. Horseback riding is yeah. an option <laughs>
3: Right. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. If you've seen the trailers for the movie, you know there's a scene where Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Doctor Strange, you know, jumps through this portal in the Himalayas into yeah. this multiverse. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually Scott was testing that stunt when yeah. he did the call. So yeah. interestingly enough, sounded... Scott is
4: just off screen in
1: that clip
3: <laughs> talking, to, talking you. to me on yeah. his cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's falling through the supernatural <laughs> void crazy. of the multiverse, <laughs> Who, which is, sounds like a jitterbug it, at service. It, at it really MOI's.
1: sounded exactly like Tim Tebow doing the same thing last week. But um, <laughs> they may or may not be the same. <laughs> um, the and, and because it's our November, December, <laughs> end of the year issue, we have a couple of uh, things looking at Christmas. Uh, first, Tim Keller, notable pastor, theologian, author, Tim Keller wrote a piece for us uh, about the kind of the edges of Christmas that the Christmas story that we uh, so commonly refer to kind of misses the point of what really happened
4: yeah it's like the Peanuts show that comes on you know every year come in December and Exactly.
1: Yeah. And uh, also, uh, because we all find ourselves in the same situation every year, we got to buy thoughtful presents, right? For people mm-hmm. we care about. Uh, but we, you know, as our audience, our, our magazine, we are not materialistic. We're not mm-hmm. just con- about mindless consumerism, which so much of this season is. Um, we want to do kind of a thoughtful, intentional gift guide. So we have... Uh, we. Gave quite a bit of space to kind of highlighting... uh uh, products that we found that we love that give back or they're socially responsible or they're a high value or really creative. Um, and, and it's more than just kind of thoughtless consumerism, mm-hmm. Black Friday type stuff. So um, check out the gift guide. The, yeah. the Christmas gift guide is really yeah, we're cool. We're around. really proud of it. And, um, yeah. and, and that Tim Keller piece as well. And it's a little early to read about Christmas, but you know, you could wait till wait a couple weeks. When you start playing the Christmas music, then you can read those articles. Well, the new issue is out now. Uh, It hits newsstands nationwide this week. Uh, November 1st is the cover date. Uh, If you're looking for it, most Barnes & Nobles carry us, a bunch of other stores as well. Um, But it's always changing. So uh, ask for Relevant. If you don't see it, it helps us get on more and more newsstands. Uh, You also can view the issue online. If you go to relevantmagazine.com, we have a PDF flipper there of the entire issue if you want to look at Mm -hmm. it that way. And um, also the tablet edition is out. Uh, If you go to the Apple, or Google Play app stores the, uh, and you have a full-size tablet. You can download the interactive motion-filled um, uh, edition, which is very different than the print one. It's mm-hmm. not That's just a gorgeous. PDF flipper. It's really, really good. Um, well, thanks for joining us, Aaron. Newest, yeah, of thanks, Relevant, guys. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, thanks, go get it. Stay tuned. Up next, a special guest joins us for feedback. You're listening to Streets of Laredo. Uh, the song is Trap for Young Players. Trap for Young Players. I Trap for Young Players, you know what those are? Pokey stops. It's where the muggers hang out, waiting for the children to come. And then they take their Pokemon cards from them. Chandler's been there, they man. Set the, they set, they, they set, set the, the traps lures. for the young players. Streets of Laredo is raising awareness. There we go. Thank you for that song. <laughs> Okay. It's time for your feedback. Last week, our question of the week was, I mean, how in 11 years has this not been the question of the week? I don't it's, know. It's my favorite ever. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we asked you, what is your best dad joke? You guys went on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Uh, Some and, of us just call them jokes. Yeah. But, oh, <laughs> I, just, I just thought they were funny. I didn't know that there was anything wrong with these jokes. Yeah. Uh, and you, a bunch of you also went on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites. Can, can I say that Addison went above and beyond
3: the, the, and just, it's
0: all Addison. If there's some sort of award, Addison just gets it.
1: can I
3: here's a f- couple of my favorites from Addison and maybe you got if Eddie, I don't want to stop you from eating some too, but no, I these are really <laughs> impressive dad jokes. Hey guys, did you hear about the butcher who
0: backed into his meat grinder? No, hmm. Jesse didn't tell me more. He got a little behind at work
8: <laughs> Hey Jess
0: did you hey uh, hey guys, did you hear about the uh, the new corduroy pillows? No, what's up with them? They're making headlines. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, no, but seriously, seriously, you guys. No, but seriously, uh, let you hear
3: about this uh, nosy pepper? This nosy
0: pepper is going around. I did no. not hear about that, that.
3: It likes to get a whole, <laughs> It likes to get jalapeno business.
0: Oh, oh, oh it reminds business. me of that wildfire at the campground. Did you hear about that? Why do you say jaw? by the way? It's holloping yeah, hol- hol- your business. Hol- up in your business.
7: <laughs>
0: it's a, That was a hard jalapeno. one to get out. He did jalapeno his best. Jalapeno. <laughs> Whatever, dad. I'm doing jal- my day. yeah He likes to get jolloping your business. Dad, you're such a nerd. You don't even know how to say jalapeno. Jal- so okay, p- okay. P- let
3: me redeem myself. What did the suspenders say to the pants? What? You guys hear about this? What did the suspenders say? No, did didn't Kevin Ebeck, you hear about this one? <laughs> yeah, did you hear
0: about this one, Kevin? It's <laughs> uh,
3: suspenders on the pants. Here's what he said. <laughs> what up, britches?
6: Oh, that's
1: no. the worst.
2: That's bad. <laughs> the worst. Um, I loved Ashton's. Uh, she said, My husband and I had our first baby two months ago. My husband keeps saying, The baby came out because he was running out of womb. Ew.
0: Oh, <laughs> gosh. No. Well, it's technically true. Technically. <laughs> it reminds me of that. Uh, <laughs> and
2: it's true and it's funny. It reminds me of that new
0: broom that came out. Did you guys hear about this? Mm, what's up? Yeah, it's sweeping the nation.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seriously, what do you call a fake noodle? What? An impasta. <laughs> a a hey. jalapeno, everybody. Jala a jalapeno. Hey, sorry, go. I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to like break the train of thought here. But I yeah. did just get a tweet from the breaking news service. Breaking: all the NYPD toilets have been stolen. The police have nothing to go on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> nothing to go hey, on. Hey, why did the skeleton go stag to the prom? Why is that? Why is that?
3: He had no body to go with. Come on now. <laughs> he had no body. Yeah, jalapeno, That's everybody. Jalapeno. jalapeno. <laughs> Wizard
0: caulifolds.
3: Hey, hey, real quick. Can I... Eddie, this is my favorite dad joke of all time. Yeah, let me... Have, let me why, why, why didn't the lifeguard
1: save the hippies from drowning? Why?
3: They were too far out, man. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, uh, you cut uh, your hair.
1: The, uh said, uh, why Why do the watermelon and apple have to have a formal wedding? Why do the why watermelon and the apple have to have a formal wedding? Cantaloupe!
0: <laughs> do, we any, uh, do we have any golfers here? Any go- Anybody no, play no, golf? Here. I love Boston love golf. Any golfers? Why did the golfer bring two pairs of pants in case he got a hole in one? Oh, no. <laughs>
1: That's uh, he plans ahead. In case he got a hole
0: in one. I really uh, hey, uh, Terry Lynn once said, uh,
1: <laughs> hey, when does a joke become a dad joke? When <laughs> it becomes apparent. Uh. Oh, oh. <laughs> I really love this
8: segment <laughs> I'm so glad
3: this could literally be a Jay Leno uh, monologue yeah. Yeah. like we, we this is this is
1: what this is
0: what hey, he did Kevin, for Kevin you watched two the debate decades. last night yeah that's
1: right I uh, in case you hear the the slight chuckles of a pleasant person uh, our very own Chelsea
0: Steele has joined us for this segment hello hi Chelsea Chelsea did you hear why the astronauts broke up did not they needed space welcome <laughs> to the there's, show. there's
1: there's a lot of there's a lot more dad jokes
0: keep them coming y'all. Chelsea this and the Dads, everybody. <laughs> That's a good band. I'm good to see you. Thank
7: you. Chelsea and the Dads. Just a lot of
0: guys playing like brand new Fender Squires <laughs> and like shiny Fender amps. And, and they're wearing like black vests that clearly have like
1: the folds still oh, yeah. from, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. from the store.
0: Yeah, you know? Let's play Proud Mary again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so this week, we wanted Chelsea to join us to tell us about some new stuff that she's working on with the social media thing. If you follow Relevant on Twitter, Instagram. It's at Relevant Magazine on Instagram. You'll notice that our little icon is up there in the story bar quite a bit because she's doing a lot of stuff uh, throughout the day up there. Uh, You want to talk about the new Instagram stories and Snapchat stuff? I would
3: love to. It's mostly antics around the Relevant office regarding Mm me, usually interviewing people. Today is National Pumpkin
9: Day, so I've been asking people pumpkin trivia. They
0: kind of missed it, didn't they? Don't you feel like National Pumpkin Day would be Halloween?
9: You would think, but I feel like well, there today, w-
0: you have to buy your pumpkins this week, carve them up
1: yeah. for yeah. Halloween, so they're mm. still fresh. They haven't so rotten, mm. so I can go smash them at night.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Super fun, guys!
9: So we will be engaging more with our audiences who have been watching
3: our stories and getting um, ideas or different things that they want to see in our stories. So if you are following along,
8: know so, so that your like, voice so will like, be heard. So, like
1: what you're what you're on the show to ask people is you want them to lob you questions or or things that they want you to do in the story.
2: Absolutely. In the relevant, and and, and like it involves like cranking Cameron's office. That's like largely that's what list. we're
3: looking for. Yeah. <laughs> do you, I, I don't want to get you in trouble legally, but I would
0: like to see <laughs> some snaps from the voting booth. With yeah. the relevant <laughs> <snap>. <laughs> um, Now, do they have to be funny or can they be serious or whatever?
2: Um, they The tone tends to be funny, but yeah, I mean, if you have a serious inquiry, we'd love to take it. we can
1: answer in eight seconds or less.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah sure. Glad to. Um, Chelsea, I was going to say, as you're going around the office and talking to people about National Pumpkin Day, I have some distressing news that I just learned. Uh-oh. Yeah. Did you guys know that the canned like pumpkin that you get for making pumpkin pies and whatnot is not actually pumpkin?
3: What? What, what is
2: it? Yeah,
7: I suppose
3: yeah it's, it, it's just weird... Uh, There's no real pumpkin in it, right? I mean, it's it's literally
2: actual pumpkin is like too watery and stringy, so it's it's like any variant of uh, other squashes, like butternut squash and spaghetti squash, and things that are not as watery as pumpkin. So I don't. Maybe none of us actually know what pumpkin tastes like.
3: I think Um, I see. That's the thing. I heard like pumpkin is like basically tasteless, and it doesn't taste very good. It It is. It's just it's just an invention. It's like pumpkin flavor.
2: Like the shape. (laughs) The shape of a pumpkin is more conducive to a face and making a cute character than like a butternut squash.
1: Yeah. I don't Squash. Now that's, no, that's a vegetable. All right. <laughs> so it's time for this week's
2: editorial question of the week.
1: <laughs> this week's question of the week uh, is what Chelsea just said. We want to know what you would like to see her do on our Insta snap or, or uh, Instagram stories and Snapchat. Uh, if there's questions you want her to pull the office, if there's challenges, if there's questions you have about relevance and behind the scenes stuff you want to see, whatever you want to see happen, um, hit us up and let us know. Okay. You can tell us on the podcast episode page at com, or you could post or tweet us your uh, ideas at relevantpodcast. There you go. Well I'll, said. I got some yeah. ideas. Like, I want to know more yeah, about do. Eddie. I want to see Eddie. There's We got to get a week's worth man, of Eddie on mystery. Wednesdays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The I th- Wednesday
0: yeah. InstaSnap feed should be just all Eddie all Snapchat the time. Snapchat
3: filters with there, Eddie. There's
0: almost nothing left for people to know about me. <laughs> I, mean, Here's what I want to see. Just the minutia of what you could possibly... But they haven't seen you with the all the funny Snapchat the filters on your face. I know. Snapchat filters. Okay,
1: well uh, that thanks for joining us, Chelsea. Thank you for uh, having me. Uh, many thanks to our guest, Lupita Nyong'o, for joining us. Uh, make sure to check out her film. It's out now. It's a queen of Katya. You
0: know what I noticed about Colin. her interview as we were listening to mm-hmm. it? You could tell what she was saying. She's good
1: friends with the interviewer. Interesting. Really good friends. Interesting. <laughs> yep. Yep.
2: There's no sounds of water splashing. No <laughs> freeway. She's
1: clearly not on the back of a motorcycle while recording <laughs> it. She just
0: picked up <laughs> an iPhone and sat in a quiet room and conducted uh, in
1: the I, I'm glad she
2: I'm
3: glad she waited till the hurricane out in the middle of the field that she was in ceased <laughs> to, <laughs> to do the phone call. That was
1: considerate of her. Yeah, uh, really
3: she was. might have
2: even been in a hotel on a landline. Who knows? Who knows?
1: Who knows? (laughs) So many options. And uh, thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace, for uh, making the show possible. Remember, you can go to squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. Mm -hmm. You know, the new issue of Relevant is out now. So go over to relevantmagazine.com and subscribe Quickly, and you'll get this issue. It's also on newsstands nationwide, like a lot of Barnes and Nobles. And if you're on a tablet device, you can go to your uh, tablet uh, app store and get the interactive digital edition.
0: I um, just saw the tablet edition; it's insanely beautiful. Oh, thank you! I so love it so much. It's the best thing we do. Um, that actually always hurts my feelings, but continue on. <laughs> I happen to feel like we do a pretty it's, good hey, work here. Can I say so. this, Cameron? By a large margin. <laughs> it,
3: it, is, it is not even close. It I mean, except
0: for what we call internally the Friday disaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz.
1: I'm
2: Chelsea Steele.
0: I'm Chandler Strang.
2: I'm Joy Tree.
0: I'm Jesse Carey. All right. We'll see you next week. Happy Halloween.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so scary.
5: Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com.
0: And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe.
8: The bell, the crowd, the fight was on, and the devil leaped in fury With all his evil tricks he came undone. Blew his
5: jabs of hate and lust, a stab of pride and envy. But the hands that knew no sin blocked everyone. Forty days and nights they fought, and Satan couldn't touch him. Now the final blow is saved for the final round. Prophetically, Christ.
3: Can't mine's I didn't have any bristles left. I'm just rubbing my teeth with plastic at this point.
7: Say goodbye